Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au At this moment, we're going to have um, Chris come up and share the word. Pastor Joe has uh, been invited to a Russian church, so he's here. Uh, he's there now preaching, and we want you to pray for Pastor Joe as he shares in the Russian church. But today we have a special guest, Chris. <laughs> and so give him a warm welcome as he shares the word of God. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Joseph. It's uh, an honor to be able to share the word with you again. Isn't it good to be in the house of God, church? That's good. Um, some of us have just crawled into church. Maybe you've had a bit of a, a rough morning or a rough week. Well, church is a great place to be because the presence of God is here. And we just pray that you would experience the love, the joy, the peace of God as, as we worship Him in His presence. Amen. It's great to see a number of new people here this morning as well. We just, as Pastor Joseph mentioned, just want to uh, encourage you to hear the word and let the word speak into your life. Open your heart up this morning. Maybe there's a word that is just for you this morning. Um, as I was on uh, just down there worshipping, uh, I felt God just put a word upon my heart for some people here. Um, don't normally do this, but it was really strong upon my heart. Maybe there's just some people here that um, really just gripped with fear this morning or maybe just struggled over the past few months, maybe a year of, of the obvious of what's been happening. Um, fear of the unknown, fear of maybe stepping out and what if I fail? Um, maybe you've just been struggling in a certain area of sin or, or temptation and you're, and you're thinking, man, I, if I try to get out of this, I'm just going to fail again. What's the point? What's the use? And maybe you just come into this place and, and you're on that edge of nah, I'm just given up. I, I just can't get through this. Well, just want to encourage you today that God's just telling you, hey, I'm here with you one more day, one more day. All you need to do is just keep pressing into God. And he's in, here to give you a breakthrough here this morning. And uh, I just really encourage you with that. Don't give up. Press into God. Wherever it feels like there's hopelessness, even if it feels like it's it's uh, there's nothing that you can do, there's just an, it's an impossible situation. God's here to bring breakthrough here this morning for you. Um, I was just chatting with some friends over the past few weeks, a couple of months as well. We went on a fishing trip a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was, uh, yeah, we caught lots of fish, not really. Um, don't say that I mentioned that to those people, but yeah, we, we had some great conversations, a lot of fun conversations, a lot of laughs, a lot of um, enjoyment um, and we had Great conversations on the way home in the car and th those convos, I like to call them kingdom talk. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you're just talking about the kingdom. You're talking about how's your faith going? Where's your walk with God? How, how's, how's your family going? Are they, they close with God? Are they, are they seeking after the things of God? How's the church, the condition of the world and, you know, where God's moving? And all? I just call these kingdom talks. Anybody have them with other people? Yeah, no, just... Okay, cool. I'm sure you do. You just don't want to put your hand up. But, you know, these kingdom talks, so important to have. And I was talking to another friend and, and uh, we just love to chat about what is God doing in our lives. And they're very positive conversations, but they're also conversations with some concern too. We have some concern about what's happening in the spiritual climate. 
And more and more, I've been having these kingdom talks with friends from church and my work colleagues. I teach at a Christian school, so we, we have a lot of these talks. And it's just been especially over these past few months. The more I talk about the kingdom, both the expectation of, of what, can, what God can do when he moves and also the concern for the current spiritual state we are in, it, it just kind of fuels this fire within me. And it, it's just to see one thing, and that is revival. One thing that just fuels my heart and is stirring in my spirit, and that is to see revival. Anyone feel like there's a bit of a need for revival in this land at the moment? Anybody feel like we're, we're in a specific time that is, it's, it's especially now when revival, we're needing it more than ever? Anyone sensing that maybe our spiritual fervor, our, our passion for Jesus is just kind of on a mundane path. It's monotonous. It's just going along and we're not really seeing um, the greater outpouring of the Spirit of God. And that's what we're needing more than ever. I know there are some here that, are con- that share this concern about where our eternal focus has gone. I know there are parents in this place that I've had conversations with that are concerned with the faith of their children, concerned with um, whether their children are going to know the Lord or not. Uh, I know there are some that also feel like you're alone in this sense of that in, in the sense that there's, there's none of your friends around you that are feeling this way or, you know, maybe there's just the, the zeal for God, the passion for God that's just kind of moved away from your friendship groups. There's a growing concern or maybe it's an anguish as uh, David Wilkerson used to preach about for the church with this feeling that words like righteousness and holiness and purity that become this ancient antiquated kind of terms that have no meaning anymore in our in our uh, circle of friends or in our lifestyles you, you preach that and or you say you talk about righteousness and holiness and it's like well you, you're not progressive enough you're not moving with the times you're not relevant enough it's like you you preach about holiness and righteousness and it's almost you kind of secluded from the rest the concern that we're not being impactful enough, that we're starting to lose our saltiness, as the Bible says. Here's what A.W. Tozer said in the 1950s, this is 70 years ago. I believe the situation has become so serious that the earnest observer is forced to wonder whether our popular evangelical religion today is indeed the true faith of our fathers or simply some form of paganism thinly disguised with a veneer of Christianity to make it acceptable to those who want to call themselves Christian. 70 years ago, he, he's saying that it's so urgent back then, the need for revival. And man, is that speaking into our time right now. And if you share any of these concerns or, or questions, I want to encourage you today that out of these concerns, out of these questions that we have, um, is a heart that is seeking for revival. There is a heart that is seeking for revival because of that heart that you have, revival is on the way. And, and, and this is more of an encouraging um, uh, stance that I have today. When we see that concern, we seek after God.
When we see that concern, if there is just one individual, if there are two individuals, maybe there's a hundred of us in this place that have this concern and we're seeking revival, we're seeking God for a change. Revival is on the way. I believe it this morning. Why don't we pray together? Lord, our prayer today is that you would come and revive us. Revive our hearts, Lord God. Some of our hearts are needing a revival. They might be spiritually dead, Lord God. Would you come and touch? Would you come and breathe life into dry bones here this morning, God? Let a word change us, transform us. Let this word be anointed. And as we go from here, it's not about the words I speak, but as we put these words into action, Lord God, we will see revival in this land. We pray, Lord God, this is our heart's cry in Jesus' name. Amen. Revival in the Bible refers to the recovery, the repair, the restoration, the quickening, the nourishing, and the bringing to life of that which is spiritually dead. It is a repeat or recurrence of spiritual life, meaning that there was life there to begin with in the first place, but now it's gone. What do you think of when you hear the word Revival. It's a pretty tough message to preach about because, I mean, we, we could talk about this in a 10-part series and I've got another 15 minutes to go. So uh, what, what do you think of when you hear about revival? You might think of a, a tent meeting, you know, one of those old tent charismatic renewal meetings back in the 70s, the 80s, whenever they were. Uh, you might think of miracles, you know, people being healed from sicknesses and physical kind of ailments. You might be um, thinking that the world around us begins to change. Maybe the culture, um, you know, some of the, the morals and the things we stand for in the world, the secular world, begin to change. Is that what revival is? Um, we've seen throughout history so many different revivals, and I'm not going to list them all today and what they went through, but um, all of these revivals may have included some of these things, may have seen some of this stuff happen, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what is needed for revival to occur. So can it happen in our time? Can revival happen? The question is not whether it can happen. The question is whether we really want to see revival, true revival, because it's whether we're willing to pay the cost to see revival happen. What I want to do in the remaining time I have left is just to look briefly at, at you know, what true revival looks like based on some experiences from past revivalists and the marks of revival. What, what happens as a result of revival? When revivals happened in the past, there were some that uh, wrote it down and, took, and, and made an observation about what happened during those times of revival and what can we do about it. So what does true revival look like? Revivals over the years have seen people being healed from sickness. They've seen all these things. Um, but does that necessarily mean that this is what revival is going to look like in 2021 in Life Christian Center? Not necessarily. A revival can occur on one of three levels. A revival can occur on one of three levels. Individually, a person is revived. 
individually. Our hearts sitting in this pew right now, you're an individual person, but we all make up the church. All of us as individuals make up the church. Life Christian Center, this is the church of Jesus Christ. You can have a revival sitting in your seat today, right now. Individually, we can experience a revival. At the second level we can experience this is on a church level. This is when the whole church experiences a, a fresh wind, a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. It's when God's Spirit pours out upon us, not on this building, not in a kind of abstract way, or oh, the building is filled with like there's fire in the walls here. We hope not because then the fire engines are coming. But it's in the people of God because that's who the church really is. God moving upon His people. Um, in Acts, it says that the Holy Spirit rested upon Him, came upon and we sang it about it this morning. That's when the whole church experiences a revival and how we need that today, church. The third level is in the community. This is when a church overflows and the spiritual awakening that we experience extends to the community around them. The community around us can experience revival. You can have an individual revival where God pours His Spirit out upon you and refreshes your spiritual life. But what good is it if we just experience that for ourselves and it remains there? In Joel chapter 2, it says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Everybody say that with me. All people. Say that again. I will pour my Spirit out on all people. It's not just for me sitting in the chair here this morning, although that's what we need to experience. But it's for all people. God said that in the last days, and I believe we're living in that time after the resurrection of Jesus, that God wants to pour His Spirit out on all people. You might be sitting in your seat today feeling a little bit spiritually discouraged or you feel like it's a bit spiritually dead, if I could use that term. Well, God promised us that He will pour out His Spirit on all people in the last days. And what it takes for you today, we're going to go through that in a moment, is just a heart that is seeking after Him. You have that power to receive a revival here today, to experience God's revival. A community revival can start with an individual, extend to the church, and extend out into including the community, but it can never be in the reverse order. You, we're not going to see, you know, um, the Fringe Festival just have an awakening of God if it hasn't started with an individual within this church. It starts with us. Who is revival for? It's for the church. It's not, revival is not for. Uh, your unsaved friend. Revival is for us because as a result of that revival, we will see those unsaved friends saved. It starts with the individual experienced in a church context and then extends out into the community. See, a lot of times when we're having these kind of kingdom talks, like I mentioned before, we often 
We're, we're often talking about, oh, man, how bad's the world today? Anybody ever talk about that with your friend? Oh, how bad's the world? You turn on the news, it's just everything's gone in shambles, right? You might be talking about the moral decline or how can they support that? How can they believe in that? And, and, and what we, you know, sometimes our prayer is, oh, God, would you change them? In order for them to be changed, in order for them to experience an awakening, it must start with us, church. It must start in the individual church member. The reason the world is not turning towards God is because the church is asleep. Do you want to see a revival in this city, in this nation? Do you want to see culture which has turned its back on God wake up and experience the grace of God? Do you want to see young people flood into this place, church, running to the altar, giving their lives to Him? A spiritual awakening is not far off, church. A spiritual awakening can happen in a moment. One touch from God, one breath of God is all that we need to awaken us. He will respond to the one person. If you're feeling this concern, if you're feeling this burden here today, man, can I encourage you? Let's continue to seek after God. You may feel like all hope is lost around you. But we're going to read in a second in the word where uh, God says, when all hope is lost, behold, I'm there. And he's searching for the heart that is seeking him. Second Chronicles 2.14, we know this verse really well. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. That means I need to put myself just a little bit lower or a lot lower than where I put Christ, where I put Christ in my life. If they would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. This is a promise from our God. My prayer today is that you will have a heart that seeks for revival. There might be some people in this room today, you're desperate for revival, you don't even know it. You're seeking for it, you're seeking for this joy, this happiness, this satisfaction in life and all other things except for seeking after revival. Maybe it's for yourself, maybe it's for your son. A family member, your daughter, your, your father, your mother, whoever it might be. Maybe you're desperate for a revival today. There's some that you think that you're too far gone from God to do anything. You're too far gone. You failed too much. You're way past this God stuff. No way can God intervene in my life. This word is for you today. No lie from the enemy can keep you from being revived. Where sin abounds, the grace of God abounds all the more. All it takes today is one prayer. God, would you restore me? God, would you revive me? If you genuinely seek it, he will answer you and heal you today, church. That's my prayer today. Come on, church, how we, how we need a touch from God, a move of God, how we need to seek after an outpouring of the Holy Spirit here this morning. If your worship is dry, if your relationship with God is struggling, we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Just seek after Him today. Why not right now? 
Why can't it happen now? Are you hungry for God? Are you thirsty for the Holy Spirit? Is Jesus the main center of your attention? Have we become too preoccupied and caught up with the stuff? You see, you're in year 12, you know, some of us are in year 12 and what happens? Your focus is getting, you know, straight A's or in my case, it was just about passing, right? If you're in high school, that's your focus, just schoolwork, you know. It, then you get out of school, you go to uni, then it's just uni work. Then you're looking for a relationship with someone and, you know, that becomes your focus. That's where all your attention goes, just finding someone who you're eventually going to marry. Then you're about to get married, wedding bells, are, uh, you know, going and you and all the planning needs to take place so all your attention is just like oh what flowers do we choose what do we do here so and then after that you you kind of go maybe you have kids and then it's all about kids and you thought you had 24 hours in a day now you don't you got like one hour in a day to spend for yourself and there's no margin like Pastor Joe's preaching about and then you're building a house and you're pursuing a promotion at work you're buying a new car and that's all that seems to matter you get where I'm going with this each stage of our lives is preoccupied with all the stuff that is so urgent or seems urgent and important to us Colossians says since then You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Church, we will not see revival unless our attention is fully fixed on Christ. Matthew 6.33, we hear the scripture, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. Last week we heard about it, being a fan or a follower of Christ. A fan will be happy with just pointing their attention to all their stuff and being preoccupied and saying, I'll get to God later. I'll deal with the God stuff after. Where the scripture is telling us, no, now take up your cross. Come and follow me, Jesus says. I will make your burden light. If you're feeling heavy here today, if you're feeling like things are dry and dead spiritually in your life, go to Jesus, follow him, take up your cross today. Don't wait until tomorrow. There may not be a tomorrow. Now's the time to say, Jesus, I give you my heart and I seek after revival for my soul. One of, in the Great Awakening, uh, one of the revivals in the 18th century, there was a guy called Jonathan Edwards and he marked down or he observed what was happening during these revivals and revivals in the past, like the Reformation um, and the early church, obviously what happened within the early church. And so I just want to give you some real quick points, five minutes about marks of revival. What are the marks of revival. What happens when we see revival start to break out in the church? First point is that there will be an elevated admiration of the biblical Christ. There will always be a turning towards the true Christ, the true Jesus. There are, the Bible talks about there are many false prophets out there, people who are going to preach all kinds of gospels, all kinds of different uh, truths and, and uh, uh, false truths that we can kind of get misled in. I was talking to someone from work and we're just chatting about the gospel, what they believe. I uh, go to a Christian school, yeah, but we were talking about this and 
for some reason in their life that they'd been growing up and they'd experienced church in a different way and the things they were telling me about their experience about Jesus or their belief in Jesus was not that of the Bible saying that, you know, everybody is saved, you know, that pretty much we don't really need to do anything. What Jesus did on the cross is just, that's it. There's no response needed from us. And we know that as we read scripture, that's not true at all. Some will be saved, some won't. And um, when revival starts to take place, there will always be a turning back to the true and the preaching of the true biblical Christ. What is preached about, what is spoken about in the word that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Uh, there's a narrow road. There's a broad way. You know, that is the true Christ. That's the gospel. The true gospel will always be preached. Um, in a revival. The second is that the Holy Spirit leads people to repentance. Um, James Burns in 1909 wrote this to the church a revival means humiliation, a bitter knowledge of unworthiness, and an open and humiliating confession of sin on the part of her ministers and people. It is not the easy and glorious thing. Many think it to be who imagine it fills pews and reinstates the church in power and authority. It's not all the, uh, the glamour. It's not always just about miracles. And although that comes with it, about healings, although that happens, it comes to scorch before it heals. It comes to condemn ministers and people for their unfaithful witness, for their selfish living, for the neglect of the cross, and to call them to daily renunciation to an evangelical poverty and to a deep and daily consecration. That is why revival has ever been unpopular with large numbers within the church, because it says nothing of them uh, to them of power such as they have learned to love or of ease or of success. It accuses them of sin. It tells them they are dead. It calls them to awake, to renounce the world and to follow Christ. I know that was a big chunk of information there, but basically what he's saying is it's not always the glitz and glamour of revival that we've heard about. That's not what happens. A main thing that we see when revivals occur is that the Holy Spirit will lead us to repent us, repentance and uh, convict us of our sin. Uh, the third thing that happens during a revival is a living out of God's word and his, and his truth. It's realigning uh, during a, a, a time of revival in the church. It's a realigning to the word of God, to the truth of God's word. Like the biblical Christ, it's whatever Christ says about our life. We, he doesn't want us to be necessarily relevant in this world. He wants us to pre preach the truth. And sometimes truth is divisive. Sometimes truth will offend other people. Sometimes truth won't always win people on, on side. But that's what happens in a time of revival. We stick to the truth of God's word. The last point is that there will be a heightened sense of love for God and love for people. Um, think about the early church. As soon as the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them, what did they do? They used to gather daily. Gather daily. Numbers were added to them. There was, there was a, a revival that was taking place. 3,000 were added to their, their numbers daily. 
And what do they used to do? They used to sell everything they had. They used to live in harmony with one another. They used to be united together in vision and purpose. Did they have, you know, fights and arguments and conflict? You bet. It's actually recorded in there. Of course they're going to have some conflict. But they were united in vision. There was a love for God and love for other people. When revival starts to take place... He starts to change our thinking on ourselves and focus on the world around us. Edwards goes on to say, when God revives his people, he pours out his love upon them and an affection rises for God just for who he is. So why should we even seek after revival? What's the purpose of it? It's so that we may know God and how glorious He is and so that we can share that love with the rest of the world. Winky Prattney says, Revival is what the church first experiences. I'll get the worship team to come back. Revival is what the church first experiences. Evangelism is what she then engages in. Revival is periodic. So it happens at different times. Evangelism is continuous. Revival cannot last. Evangelism must not stop. What is the greatest result of revival? What happens during revival? People are saved because they experience the true love of God. Church, what do we need to do? There's no secret formula for this. History tells us that more often than not, a revival of multitudes of people started from one small group of people willing to pray, willing to get on their knees, consecrate themselves, meaning taking their life out of what the the world, the customs of the world is. You might be feeling like you're just traveling nine till five, just, you know, I'm working, there's no way that I can consecrate myself to this right now I'll do it tomorrow like I said before make today the day of revival the day where you choose to seek after it we we grow so accustomed to what or how the world is telling us to live where we miss out on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit there's places around this world right now that are experiencing revival Many places around this world that are experiencing true revival. Why can't it happen in Adelaide? Why can't it happen at Life Church this morning? Um, just want to quickly read Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? There's bones in a valley, meaning that there was life in them before. I said, Sovereign Lord, you you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Why does revival need to take place? Or why does God want to revive us? So that we would know Him. So I prophesied and as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise. Everybody say there was a noise. Come on, say there was a noise. A rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. So life started to form, but it was still, the body was still dead. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Prophesy is saying, preach the word. Begin to pray. Prophesy over these dead hearts. Prophesy over these dead bones. And say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come breathe uh, from the four winds and breathe into these slain uh, that they may live. So I prophesied as He commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet. A vast army. And the Bible goes on to say that this represents the Israelites, the people of God. They were scattered. During that time, the people of God were scattered. They were in exile in different nations around the world. It seemed like hope was lost. What started to happen with them? Their faith began to go backwards. It started to die to, to the extent where Ezekiel has a picture of a valley of dry bones. I'm not preaching this today to say that Life Church, we are a valley of dry bones. But what God is saying to us here today that He wants to pour out His Spirit on all people. You may be experiencing revival right now. Awesome. Seek revival for this whole church, for those around you. Can we just have every eye closed, every head bowed? I haven't used many illustrations or fancy points today or anything like that simple message God wants to revive you here God wants to bring revival in this church God wants to bring revival in Adelaide our responsibility church is that we would seek him that we would just cry out it's not about how often we pray it's not about how we pray or where we pray what matters is the the condition of our heart or the disposition of our heart. Where are we with God? It's our heart that says, I give my life for this, to see God move in my time, to not let a generation rise up not knowing God, but I'm going to take up my cross, God. I'm going to take up uh, that which you've called me to be, Lord God, and I'm going to live for Jesus that He may revive us. That's going to be the position that my heart takes. So if that's you here this morning and you want to declare that, make a declaration that you want to see revival happen in this church and in this city, 
Why don't you just begin to pray that? I'm not going to get you to do anything. Just begin to pray right where you're sitting. God, I want to see revival start to break forth. I want to see revival start to break out and the, the Holy Spirit start to be poured out upon my family, upon this church, that I would experience God in a fresh way, in a new way that my dead heart would be revitalized, that maybe my family members' faith would be uh, revitalized again. It would be revived, God. Just begin to pray that. Why don't we all stand together? Can we just sing this chorus together? God of revival, God of revival, we want to cry out together for this city, for this nation of Australia. Come on, church, why don't you just begin to cry out, begin to pray to the King and say, God, all we want to see is revival begin to break out upon this land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek after me, I will heal their land. So come on, let's just sing together and then I'm going to close in prayer. Come on. Father, as we leave this place, let us put small steps into action. And that is just praying in our room, praying together with others, praying in our car, whatever that looks like, God, reading the Word, loving the Word and letting the Word change us. God, let it take small steps to experience a great revival in this city of Adelaide. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 It starts with us, church. Do you want to see revival? Do you want to see revival? Come on, it starts with us. May the Lord bless you as you go. If you're new here this morning, we've got a guest area at the back uh, where some of the pastors will be there to chat with you. God bless you. May God revive us.